I'm going to talk about pickles and pickling today and ways we can both save our bounty from our garden or the bounty we buy from the grocery store, but also connect with our cultural past of preserving food and putting things up, which is what many of us remember our grandparents or great-grandparents doing. And there's a real reason to do that. And part of it is that it saves money. Part of it is that we control the quality of the thing. But part of it is maintaining that sense of community at the dinner table and in the pantry. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, Episode 54. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Not that you can tell it in my part of my town, but fall is officially here. If this time of year of the turning leaves and the evening smell of a fireplace makes you look forward to fall baking, pick up my free Muffins e-cookbook, Foolproof Muffins, recipes that work every time, which has a pumpkin muffin recipe. Yes, I know, some of you don't like pumpkin, well, you're wrong. You can get it for free, as I mentioned, at the podcasts page, culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts. Just click the link slightly below the social media buttons. Give me your email address and then you'll get the link to download the book. You may have to look in your junk folder for the email link. When you do that, I'll send you a few emails a week. As the aforementioned holidays draw nearer, the time for holiday parties does too. Every party needs wine. Click over to California Wine Club, a premier wine subscription service. California Wine Club has been in business since 1999 and features both domestic and international wines. They have a variety of packages for you or your boss. They have recipes and tips, and subscribers get the Uncorked, the California Wine Club Guide to Wines, which includes tasting and pairing notes stories from wineries, and access to a personal wine consultant, and more. California Wine Club has a variety of packages and mix-and-match options and delivery schedules to meet most budgets and preferences. Use my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash cawine, to learn more about their wine choices, and there are many, and subscription options, including gift packages for Christmas. Listeners who subscribe through my link can get half an hour on Skype with me to talk wine, the basics of wine tasting, food contrast, and or compatibility. See the show notes for details and find the link, culinarylibertarian.com slash cawine. My guest today is not a guest, but the host. It's me. 
doing a solo episode today to talk about pickles and canning. I know pickling season seems to be a spring or summer activity, but I've been wanting to do this for a while, and now I am. I do have something of an announcement, not a big something, which comes at the end of this episode. Pickles. Love them or hate them, they've been around for a long time. Some sources suggest pickles are as old as Caesar and the Egyptians. Certainly, the Greeks knew about vinegar and pickling, and I've read that athletes were fed pickles for power. Maybe the most famous, if not instantly recognized, pickle is sauerkraut, and of course, the most famous pickle is the dill pickle. A pickle, or a pickled food, is maybe one of the first methods of food preservation. Salt and water and the thing, pickle or whatever you got, uh, some thyme and voila, pickle. Nearly everything can be pickled, but some things are more highly preferred than others. Cucumbers are maybe the most popular fruit. Yes, cucumbers are a fruit to make into a pickle. The various forms of pickles are vast, from sweet to very sour, or garlicky, or spicy hot. Green beans and onions might be the next things in popularity. Pickling is an ancient skill with modern additions. We know now that bacteria and other pathogens can make our pickled products unwanted or deadly. Canning, which isn't the same as pickling, might be a bit bigger of an issue for food safety because not always is the food salted or acidified, but in pickling, risks do exist. We have available today equipment and ingredients which make the pickling uh, a bit easier and more reliable. A pickle seems a pretty simple thing to understand. Put something in flavored salted vinegar, wait a bit, and pickle. That's oversimplified, but it's mostly right. Relish, however, is another matter. What makes a relish a relish? What makes a relish a relish and not a chutney, or a compote, or a salsa? Well, I've talked about how... Sometimes in food, there is opinion and there is fact. Facts are hard to nail down in today's political climate, and in food, they are just as wiggly. Frankly, I'm little concerned with the fine lines between those things, and I'm much more interested in making food that tastes good, regardless what it's called. However, my distinctions are chutney is a bit thicker and chunkier and spiced, but not necessarily spicy hot, but can have heat, uh, whereas a compote is not. Chutney, as I make it, has a dried fruit component, usually a raisin, but it could also be a currant, it could be a dried cranberry, um... Prunes, uh, prunes would work. I'm just trying, I'm struggling to think about what would make that a, a, a compatible with something else. So I didn't think about that. I mean, I don't use prunes. I mean, you can, but I don't. Um, 
Uh, and chutneys could also have some kind of a nut, usually uh, a walnut or a pecan, something that maintains its integrity through the uh, cooking and canning process. Uh, compote, to me, is a bit more free-flowing, but it still has a little bit of a gel-like viscosity, generally made from fresh fruit and generally not processed for canning. Relishes are not restricted to cucumbers. They can be highly seasoned and quite zippy, like a chow chow, which isn't always zippy. Uh, but if you find someone who makes a chow chow, particularly those of you in the Atlantic, um, Atlantic Basin, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, uh, where you've got an Amish or Pennsylvania Dutch presence, well, Go find somebody to make who makes a great chow chow and make good friends because that's great stuff. Relishes can also be sweet or spicy or sour of various sizes and various final uses. Since there is nearly no end to what is possible for a pickle or a chutney or a relish, I'm going to add a link to today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 54, and that link will take you to an Amazon page for a variety of pickle and relish books. Now, let's get to the gear and what's really necessary. Salt. Salt is critical for pickles. If you've shopped for salt and seen the box labeled canning and pickling salt and thought, what the heck is that for? Well, it has a very specific purpose. Pickling salt is pure sodium chloride, like other commercial free-flowing salts, but it is not finished with the coating, which makes, say, iodized salt free-flowing. That chemical coating that makes free-flowing salt free-flowing salt can cloud up the pickling liquid, which is an aesthetic issue. Also, iodine can turn the pickles dark, which is another aesthetic issue. The primary reason to use pickling salt is the grains are small and they dissolve quickly. Table salt is okay to use from a wholesomeness standpoint, all things in the canning process being done properly, but the quality of the finished product may suffer. It seems to me if you're going to go to do the work of making a pickle, it at least ought to be the best quality you can. Uh, jars, canners, and tools, and the food. If you grow your own cukes or tomatoes, yes, I know we don't pickle tomatoes, although we probably could pickle green tomatoes. If you grow your own cukes or tomatoes, green beans, and you have a good portion picked and want to can, that's the perfect time. Fresh is best. If you are buying pickling cucumbers, which are different from the salad cucumbers from the store, and they're wilted or soft or wrinkled or flaccid, that is not a product to buy. Quality food needs to be as fresh as possible, and even from the store it's okay, but it needs to be something that's appetizing, and that's, if you wouldn't eat it as it is in the store, you're not going to want to eat it as a pickle. For the canning, regardless if it is meat or chili or cherries or cukes, the food must be fresh and free of blemishes, not beef, we hope, and washed, again, not the beef. 
There are products available to wash fruit which removes that which needs removing, and then the product rinses away. Prevention of contamination into the relish or chutney or pickle starts with making sure as much is removed as is possible in the very beginning. And that's the segue into sanitation. Make sure all the utensils are washed and allowed to air dry. Make sure your hands are washed, those you can dry with a towel. Sterilize the jars and the rings, but don't boil the lids. Uh, the box of lids and rings should have uh, some directions on how to manage that and what exactly that means. The principal reason is if you boil the rings before you put them on the jar to then process them, there is a risk that the rubber which makes the seal will be compromised and you won't make a seal and well you've wasted the day so uh, make sure you attend to the directions on the box of the lids and rings as you're getting ready to do all of your jarring and canning clean the pots and tongs and your counter where the jars will rest it might seem obsessive but think of a hospital operating room everything is clean the time spent to ensure food safety and wholesomeness is not misspent time. Throwing away an entire batch of food because something went wonky is far more frustrating than a few minutes of cleaning. A canning pot. This is a necessity and not something you can skimp on. It is usually going to be a black enameled with little spots on it uh, quite deep and pretty wide. You've probably seen one before and didn't know that's what it was. Sometimes they're called granite ware and they are designed to hold tall jars in enough boiling water for the time necessary to process the food inside the jars. That means they are deep and the jars remain submerged even after prolonged boiling. This is an important point. If the water level boils away to below the surface of your jars, well, now they are compromised because they're no longer in an airtight environment. Water is airtight underneath the water, inside the water, and you've also lowered the temperature at the most vulnerable point, the seal. So it's, this is something we want to uh, avoid and a graniteware canning vessel is exactly designed for that thing. Mason brand or ball brand jars are made for the processing of foods in a water bath. The process of canning or preserving food in jars in boiling water is canning. Boiling the jarred thing. Pickle, chutney, stewed tomatoes, email me, I have a great recipe, kills pathogenic organisms which might make the people who eat that food sick. That's clearly not a good idea. So we process the food in a pot with a specially designed rack and tongs for easy lifting in and out of the pot. The first obvious note is be very careful with lots of boiling water and hot glass. The danger from the glass is not that it will explode, but, you, but that you might drop it, and now the danger is 
hot shattered glass and hot stuff all over the floor and maybe all over you. In all the canning I've done and all the canning my grandmother has done, I've never seen a jar explode. Dropping the jar is a much more likely problem. Just as in baking bread or baking cookies, the last part of the job is placing the hot thing somewhere where it can cool. Canning is no exception to good mise en place. Plan your counter, visualize the workflow. Where is the best place to move the pot? And from that spot, remove the jars to the place they're going to rest on a towel on a counter. Remember back to episode 44 when I talked about getting organized for mixing and baking and cooling cake. The same level of anticipation applies here when it comes to canning, thinking through every step so that you know where you're going to be before you get there. Different foods have different processing times because they have different acid levels, and a good canning book will give you times necessary for the canning of that food. High acid foods and low acid foods get different treatment. Low acid foods are more prone to botulism, which is a, a bacteria that thrives in anaerobic environments. Anaerobic means no oxygen. So when you can, uh, when, you, when you can something, you've taken the oxygen out of it, botulism this is complicated sanitation stuff, but botulism wakes up and says, hey, let's have a party. There's no O2 here. And that's a bad thing. We don't want botulism. Really don't. When combining low acid fruits such as a persimmon with the high acid fruits such as a raspberry, yes, I know nobody would do that. I'm making a point. Process the fruit at the low acid time, not the high acid time, to ensure proper canning. An additional issue to take into consideration is elevation. At sea level and in the mountains where I live, water boils at different temperatures. So the processing time at higher elevations is going to be longer. The two main kinds of canning are water bath canning, which I described, and pressure canning. I've never done pressure canning, so I can't speak about it, but I'll put a link on today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 54, with a link from the Ball Canning Jar Company with some really good information about both kinds of canning. There is another kind of pickling, which is quite quick, a day or so, and is pretty tasty. At the Governor's Club in Tallahassee, we use this style of pickling to make components for our house salad. And it's simply this. Make a strongly flavored vinegar, add some freshly blanched still hot vegetables, cauliflower or pearl onions, or whatever you want, to that hot vinegar and allow the whole thing to cool. As the jar cools, the flavor penetrates the small veggies, and you get a pickle the next day. Now, since these pickles haven't been processed in a canning method, they will eventually go bad, so don't make a whole ton of it. But if you wanted to have a saffron-colored, spiced-flavored cauliflower pickle on your next olive tray 
for the Euchre game this weekend. This is a great way to get custom pickles quickly and really pretty stuff. I'll add a recipe to the show notes page for pickled mushrooms in that style. The recipe calls for beer, uh, and at the Governor's Club, we used Budweiser because it was cheap and how. And since it was boiled and had aromatics in it, a better beer wouldn't have made better pickled mushrooms. Pickling and canning are a great way to preserve our garden's bounty, but also a link to a familial past or a cultural one. Now, don't tell the kids, but getting them involved can teach them math skills and order of operations and patience and procedure skills, and there's the tasty payoff. All right, those of you who followed the thread in the Eating Liberty Facebook group might be wondering what happened with the cottage food episode. The guests I lined up ended up declining on afterthought, but not all is lost. I've started a page with some cottage food resources. It is by no means exhaustive or complete. The laws State to state, sometimes change on a whim, and even in those 50 states, the many counties may have unique regulations themselves. So, check with your location about the rules. But, the cottage food page I have is a good place to start to get at least some links for resources about who to see, what to do, and what to, and, and, and who to ask about how to start. There are a few links two books about starting a cottage business, as well as a link to Joel Salatin's books, which cover farming and the foolishness of food laws as they stand now. Now, the foolishness of food laws, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that food sanitation and food safety isn't an important issue. What I am saying is that having the thug FDA throw away gallons and gallons and gallons of raw milk is it's about as idiotic as it gets. If somebody wants to consume something, it's really not the government's business to tell them that they can't. The link for the Cottage Food page is culinarylibertarian.com slash cottage food and will be also linked on the show notes page. As the holidays approach, I'm planning some more food shows. If you have anything specific which interests you, drop me an email at podcasts at culinarylibertarian.com. All right, folks, that's going to do it. As I mentioned, you can find the links to the canning information from the Ball Jar Company, as well as links to both the canning books and canning equipment on the show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 54. As you're boiling your jars of delicious pickles and you don't want to fight with the idiots on Twitter, spend that time improving yourself with a course in a foreign language from Rocket Languages. You can access the courses on computer, tablet, or phone. Rocket Language courses make the learning easy and effective by going slowly and methodically giving you exactly what you need to grow your new skill. Click over to culinarylibertarian.com rocket to learn more. 
People listening today, Monday, September 30th, can subscribe to Rocket Language and you might save 60%. Rocket Language's discount deal expires at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time or until 1,000 units are sold, whichever comes first. I posted about this sale in the Eating Liberty Facebook group and the Culinary Libertarian Facebook page over the weekend. If you want to learn a language, click over to the blog, find the language which interests you, and see if there's a spot left for discount. CulinaryLibertarian.com slash rocket. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.